Good evening. <clears throat> uh, tonight we continue talking about various witnesses to Christ in the Gospel of John. And we look at Barabbas, a very interesting witness or character at least in the Gospel of John and the story of Jesus. We turn now to our psalm. Tonight we will speak our psalm responsively, whole verse by whole verse. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amid fiery beasts, the children of man whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are short, sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Let your glory be over all the earth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first lesson for this evening, a reading from Zechariah, the ninth chapter. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. A reading from 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. O Lord, have mercy on us. As we read the uh, Gospel from St. John, the 18th chapter. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, you, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. 
Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is this? What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. O Lord, have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus, amen. We are continuing a a series where we're looking at various witnesses to Christ in the Gospel of John. And today we happen upon the story of Barabbas. There's a trial going on. Uh, Pilate is in charge, and as anybody knows, in a trial there are three key ideas. Innocent, guilty, and free. Innocent, guilty, and free. Well, first of all, innocent. That's Jesus. Pilate tells the crowd, I find no guilt in him. Pontius Pilate didn't think Jesus deserved a cross. A lecture, perhaps, maybe even a lashing, but not the cross. Two times in John 18, the gospel writer calls Pontius Pilate the governor. As Judea's governor, Pilate sits on the judgment seat. That's because Pilate has imperium, supreme power or absolute dominion in the region of Judea. Pilate decides formal death penalty cases. You live or you die according to Pilate. And Pilate declares that Jesus is innocent. He does so again in John 19, 4 and 6. The rest of the New Testament takes this further, a whole lot further. The New Testament says Jesus is absolutely and perfectly innocent. Hebrews 4, 15 says that Jesus was without sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says of Jesus, he knew no sin. When it came to sin, Jesus never did it. Innocent, that's Jesus. Guilty, that's Barabbas. Pontius Pilate poses this question to the people. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. John 18.39-40. John 1840 concludes with these words. Now Barabbas was a robber, or in Greek, a lestes. Lestes is a marauding, violent outlaw who finances his lawlessness by what he plunders or steals. How do we know that? Well, this same word is used in the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, verse 30. Jesus says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, lestes, the plural of lestes, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Put John 18.40 and Luke 10.30 together, what do we learn? We learn that a lestes is the worst kind of outlaw. A lestes won't just rob you, a lestes will rob you and kill you. Mark 15.7 tells us even more. Among the rebels in prison, this is uh, scripture here, among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. Barabbas was most likely leading the lestis, the insurrectionists. The insurrectionists were anti-Roman rioters who belonged to a political group called the Zealots. 
The zealots had one agenda, get the Romans out by any means possible of Judea. And zealots were ready to slit some throats to make it happen. So don't think that Barabbas was some kind of petty thief or a secondhand scoundrel. Rome wouldn't condemn a small-time crook to crucifixion, but they would Alestus. Barabbas was guilty and condemned to die. He would be crucified by noon, dead by sundown. His only future was a cross, three nails, and an awful death. Innocent, that's Jesus. Guilty, that's Barabbas, for sure. But guilty, that's us, for doggone sure. We're all born dead in our trespasses in sin, Ephesians 2.1. We are blinded by the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4, and hopeless, Ephesians 2.12. Our finest deeds are unclean rags, Isaiah 64.6. Just call us Barabbas. Paul says as much in Romans 7.24. Wretched man that I am. Not I was a wretch. No, I am a wretch. Present tense. Right now, today, as a believer, truth be told, I'm still a wretch. The Bible calls it sin. Sin isn't a regrettable lapse or an occasional stumble. Sin stages a rebellion against God's rule, much like Barabbas. Sin storms the heavens. Sin lays claim to God's throne. Sin defies God's authority. Sin sneers, get out, God. Get lost, God. I'm in charge here, God. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, Isaiah 53, 6. You have your way. I have my own. Your way may be acclamation. Your way, uh, her way may be intoxication. His way may be flirtation. We have all turned to our own way, just like sheep. <coughs> I don't like to confess it. In fact, I just as soon avoid it. But I'm Barabbas. I'm a prisoner to my past my low road choices, and my high-minded pride. And God has declared me guilty. What's his sentence? The wages of sin is death. Innocent, that's Jesus. Guilty, that's Barabbas. Guilty, that's us. What about free? Free, that's Barabbas. Can you believe it? Can you hear it? It's the Roman guard with the key. He unlocks the prison door, swings it open, and shouts, Barabbas, you're free. They chose you to go free. Barabbas stumbles into the light of day, shackles gone, crimes pardoned, free. Free, that's us, for sure. For how can this be? Christ endured not just the Roman nails, the mockery, and the spear, but also the gears of God's grinding justice. Because God doesn't overlook sin. God doesn't say, hey, no big deal. That's not, that's not how this works. God is holy, righteous, sovereign, perfect. God can't overlook sin. God must punish sin. And that's why God placed all our sin on Jesus. It's accurate, therefore, to say Christ submitted himself for the world. It's life-changing, however, to say Christ submitted himself for me. My sins, they are many. God's mercy 
is more. I'm free. Psalm 146.7 says, The Lord sets prisoners free. Romans 8.2 says, The law of the spirit of life has set you free. Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Revelation 1.5 says, Jesus has freed us from our sins by his blood. And there are a million ways to become a prisoner. There is only one way to be free. And that is Jesus. The Savior's liberating power sets us free from the condemnation of our sin. Free from our pain of our past. Free from (coughs) worry about our future. No one can take this freedom from us. No law can stop it. And no power on earth or hell can destroy it. Innocent, guilty, and free. These are the three most important words in any trial. What would you say is the most important, the most life-changing of these three words? That's easy. Free. Free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That's us. Like Barabbas. By faith. Forever free. In the name of Jesus. Amen.